Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. That you inspire our hearts with prophetic sounds in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' precious name we pray. One thing you should be very comfortable with this year is to lose your voice from time to time because you'll be releasing sounds prophetic sounds of victory can we raise a voice raise a sound raise raise the Lord a sound of praise hallelujah God you're good you're good Lord you're so good Lord you're so good Lord you're so good what a time we had last night in the word of God and in such an atmosphere of, of praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. And he's set, to do his, he's set to do so much more in the year 2023. I don't want you to take for granted what has been said. These words are powerful. Mary understood the power of the words of Jesus. So she primed the atmosphere for him and said to everyone around, he said, whatever he tells you to do, it may seem very foolish. In fact, that's probably the reason why she said that statement because it was reasonable. She may not have needed to encourage them to just do it anyways because it made sense to do whatever he says to do, but she anticipated that whatever he might say is very likely not to make so much sense. So guys, in advance, I'm telling you now, even if it contradicts your whole flow of logic and reasoning, just do it. Don't ask much questions. Just do it. That's your pathway to miracles. And so, if the Lord has told us to sing this year, sing. Yeah. Just sing. <laughs> just sing. That's the instruction the Lord has given unto us. And we're just going to make good and make war with that prophecy. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Let's celebrate the beckoners. God bless your hearts. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Amen. Let's have our seats in God's presence. Amen. He keeps making a way. Glory to God. So I'll just be doing a bit more encouragement this morning. And um, by the way, the WOW series doesn't begin today. It begins from next week. So we're still establishing the theme for the year today. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So this year, I'm going to encourage you if... You have a friend that you cannot sing around. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Your friends must be willing to get into the prophetic with you. Because yes, when you sing, you're getting into the prophetic. You're priming a spiritual atmosphere. You're stirring the waters. All right. So when you see someone who, that quenches that tendency in you, who says, don't be silly, don't be foolish, this doesn't make sense, that's a friend you need to delete, honestly. That's a Michal around you, all right? Because uh, she despised David, even though she was his wife. Yet she despised him in the moment of worship while he outlandishly worshipped his God. She became embarrassed. <laughs> are there people when you're worshiping your God giving to your God serving your God they become embarrassed for you and it's not really for you it's for themselves they're embarrassed that they can be associated with someone who can act so irrationally sometimes 
And so they want to distance themselves from you. And so they tell you how foolish the decision you just made is. Don't come down to that level and start saying, actually, you know, don't explain anything. You don't owe anybody explanation. You see the way David spoke to Michael, his wife? <laughs> Boy, David loved Michael. Loved her so much. As a matter of fact, David was the first and the third husband of the lady. <laughs> Saul had given her to David. Then, of course, David became the arch enemy to Saul. So, in punishing David, he retrieved his daughter back, gave it to another man, or gave her to another man. Sorry. And then, of course, to tell you how much David loved her, by the time David came back and was restored, he asked for his wife again. Say, come back. I still love you. It doesn't matter what anybody did. Don't worry. I love you. So he can, it, it tells you how much David loved this woman. Yet, the moment this woman was about to stand between himself and his worship and service to God, she saw his red eyes. He looked at her and said, it is the God that has chosen me ahead of your father. That's the God I'm worshiping and serving. And he said, I will even dance more recklessly. In fact, because of you. <laughs> because at, as it is sweetening me, it's paining you, Abby. <laughs> so I will, <laughs> I will pepper you with this dance. So he began to dance even more recklessly than before. Just to show to her that he does not have dignity in God's presence. Every dignity he has is from God. He does not have any dignity to preserve, any respect to keep, any type of, you know. He lost his sanity just so that he can show himself grateful to God. And so when you come to God's presence, whether in your private room or in the presence of God, and you see yourself being overly careful of your, of your dignity and how people see you, oh, this week must not fall, so let me just pack it well. And just say, oh, instead of shouting. Mm. Then you know that you're already behaving like a Michael. Imagine how Michael would have danced in God's presence. Imagine, imagine Michael in God's presence. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's, she's going to dance like she's doing God a favor. But David danced unashamedly. The king of Israel. The king of the number one man in Israel. Literally the number one man on earth. He danced like he had no shame. <laughs> you see, sometimes you will need to do such things in your room. Where you will dance, you will roll on the floor. And someone will ask you, what has God done? He has not done it yet. But I'm receiving a foretaste of what he's about to do. And then you begin to dance and begin to sing. And begin to give the Lord a good sound. It's important because this year we're going to be doing a lot of that. And we're going to be harvesting a lot of miracles. I'm telling you, you just see people come out and they start sharing miracles. I'm wondering, how is it happening? It's just breaking forth, every, like, <laughs> like bombs. <laughs> just be going off everywhere. I'm telling you, just towards the end of last year, the kind of miracles I began to hear from some of our members, it just wowed me. Like, what? No one can take credit for some of these things. You can't. All you did, if you ask the person, what's your contribution? I only sang. I only praised. I only just said a word. Something insignificant. And that's wisdom. All right? The revelation of your own human component required for the move of the spirit to be activated. Once you recognize what you are supposed to do and you do it, the miracle is bound to happen. It's God that does the miracles. But he needs your permission. And that permission is he will reveal a word to you 
what is your own human component requirement? What is that thing that you're supposed to do? Once you just add it like this, pow, the equation is complete. And that miracle can stall for as long as you don't hear that word. And that's what we come to church for, to receive a word, to receive instructions. What is that which God is asking me to do? What is it that he's asking me to do? And then once you get that word, you get into action, and then the rest of the miracles burst forth. Father, we give you praise. And so this year again, when you, when you hang around people who, who cannot get into the prophetic with you, who are ashamed for themselves because, oh, you're, you're behaving too on court, you know, that's not very posh, you know, you don't, you don't do that. They have seen someone to delete from your contact list. This man will stall the blessing because that spirit is the spirit of barrenness. God will not hand anything over to that person, all right? It's the spirit of barrenness. It's the spirit of barrenness. She was the only barren woman recorded in scripture. That's because she despised what she ought to have joined. People were dancing, getting excited, instead of her to join. You can know the reason later. Just join and get excited. <laughs> get into the mood of the harvest. She stood aloof and started condemning them and looking at them with disdain, a haughty eyes, proud look. Wow. Father, we give you praise. And these are instructions. Take them very seriously. Don't take them for granted. Take them very seriously. Write them down if you have to. There are some things I'll be saying in passing, but you will receive a direct instruction in your spirit. Write it down. Don't take it for granted. Write it down. Because it may be speaking to a specific context in your life. In fact, the person's name may just drop in your spirit right now. That Stop communicating with this person. Because evil communication corrupts good manners. So stop communicating with this person. This is the reason why you have not moved past this point in life. Because you keep hanging around this person. And if they, they will not let you enter into the promised land because you're hanging around them. Remember the story of Joshua and Caleb. If not because of the resilience of their faith, they would also have died in the wilderness because they hung around the set of people that just didn't have faith. Praise the name of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. From verse 17, one of the most powerful string of verses scribbled in scripture. And every verse in scripture is like that. <laughs> Praise God. 1 Corinthians 17, or 1, 17. Paul was speaking to the Corinthians here. He said, for Christ has not sent me to baptize. He said, but to preach the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean it's wrong to baptize, but Christ did not just send me to baptize. He said, but to preach the gospel. He said, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. That means it is not my wisdom or my intellectual proficiency that confers power on the gospel. The gospel by itself is powerful. Yes, it's okay if you're able to communicate yourself in clear terms, articulate your words very clearly and make for a sound argument. Because Paul, we all know, was a sound man. He, he learned under Gamaliel, so he was not a pushover intellectually. But he said it is not his intelligence that is conferring power on the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 1.16. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all them that believe, first to the Jews and then to the Greek. For therein is the power of the Lord revealed from faith to faith. 
as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so whatever intellectual superiority you hear from a man of God is not what is producing the power in the gospel. <laughs> it is the gospel by itself. And that's why Smith Wigglesworth, who never went beyond fourth grade, for example, will be one of the most powerful and renowned televangelists in the world. He didn't have to go to school to add power to the gospel. Knowing the gospel by itself and being able to present the gospel without any embellishment by itself is powerful. It's powerful. And said, so I'm not trying to communicate the gospel with the wisdom of words else or lest I begin to affect the potency of the power of I can't assist the gospel. It doesn't matter how sound I'm sounding. If the gospel is not in what I'm saying, that thing does not have power. And it does not matter how colloquial and traditional it's coming out. If it is the gospel, it can get a billion people saved. The gospel by itself is powerful. So when you go out to preach, for example, this year, which you will be doing a lot of by the grace of God. All right. When you go out to preach this year, don't try to embellish the gospel. Amen. And I'm going to show you why. Don't try to make it appealing. The gospel is foolishness. You see, the more you try to, you know, try to embellish it and make it look intellectually savvy, the less it becomes. You are taking away from the power of the gospel. When you try to make it look appealing, it is foolishness to them that are perishing. Hallelujah. It says, for the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. It says, but to we who are saved, it is the power of God. It says, as it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. It says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? He said, as the Lord not made foolish the wisdom of this world, that after by the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. So guess what? He pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. What does that mean? God wanted to save man, so he came to man and began to speak at his level of wisdom. Man could not go up to the level of God's wisdom. So, uh, because of course, God will never do anything on man's terms. He has to always be the boss. So what does he do? He steps it down to a lower level of intelligence. And he brings it down to a level of foolishness to man. So by wisdom, the world could not know God. So he pleased God. Through the foolishness of preaching to save them that will believe. Wow. It says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greek, they seek wisdom. <laughs> but we preach Christ crucified. It, 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 to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greek, it is foolishness. Because the Jews were looking for a knight in shining armor. They were looking for a Christ that comes riding on a golden horse. That will come and save them from the oppression of the Jews. Or rather of the Roman Empire. And so they were looking for such a Jesus. So when they saw a Jesus in the manger. A Jesus that was weak. A Jesus that was subject to spirit for 30 years. A Jesus that eventually at the end of his life was crucified with nails. A Jesus that moves pattern and placed the crown of thorns on his head. They said this is a stumbling block. We can't believe and receive a savior a messiah in this package Jesus was a stumbling block to them and then of course the Greek uh, the Socrates of this world the Aristotles of this world praise God the Plato's of this world it was foolishness so somebody died 
so that my sins will be forgiven. I, I don't get it. What's my connection? I don't know him. Does he know what I've done in my life? Like, what are you saying? Uh, is it spiritual? What, 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 what do you mean? Somebody died on the cross, then I'm saved if I believe it. I believe it. What has happened now? <laughs> you know, they just make mockery of it because to the Greek, it was foolishness. The Bible says to we who are saved, to we who are called, the preaching of the cross, both Jews and the Greeks, the Jews and the Gentiles, as many as believe in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says the preaching of the cross, it is power and it is wisdom. Wow. 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 Glory to God. Now look at what the Bible then begins to say. It says because the foolishness, I, this, is, this is the most powerful in the bunch. It says the foolishness of God. I needed to picture this, right? He didn't say the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. That would have been a like for like. Think about it. He says the weakest component of any component of God is wiser than the whole of man's civilization put together. He says, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. <laughs> the foolishness of God is not wiser than the wisdom of men. Just the weakest part of the least component in God is still wiser than all the civilization that man can attain in his intelligence, in his artificial intelligence, in his robotics, in his machine learning, in his advancement, in his civilization, everything at the height of everything man has ever attained, you will still see the foolishness of, of God above it. The foolishness of God. The foolishness of God, it is wisdom in this economy. Hey, karabasalate, kamasaprovahai. And so this, this is the gist. So you have to make the sacrifice of foolishness for God to grant you the gift of wisdom. That is, the gospel will not meet you at your level of rationality. Hey, it will go below your level of rationality. This was why Paul in Romans 10 was saying, who will descend? He said, who will ascend? You don't need to bother about that if you believe the gospel. Because in believing the gospel, you have descended to a depth of foolishness. God brought a certain dimension of wisdom. And he says, the people could not by that level of wisdom receive Christ. So he brought it to a level that they couldn't relate with either. And he said, whoever pays the sacrifice of foolishness is the one that I would exalt to this height of wisdom. Hmm. Ah. He says, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And he says the weakness of God is stronger than men and all their strength put together. The weakness of God. That God is not weak. Nobody is still a match for him. Or rather that God is weak in his weakest state. If he ever has such a state. Nobody is still a match for his weakness. You can't even begin to compare the wisdom of God with the wisdom of men. That's not even, they're not in the same spectrum of, you, they're not there. They are, you can't be, you can't compare it. So it says, what I can compare you with in my economy is my foolishness. Wow. But the weakness of God is stronger than men. And it begins to say, for you see your calling, brethren. 
How that not many were wise after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. So it almost feels like your qualification is foolishness. Your qualification is smallness. Your qualification is inability. <laughs> this is why I said, if God will use a man who has had a privileged beginning, he will separate him from his privilege. He has to. He will now become your privilege. You can't have a head start in a certain humanistic form of privilege. You can't. He will separate you first. <laughs> that is, he will separate you for a season where your parents have millions of dollars and he will insist you don't even ask a cobble from them so that it will become your sufficiency. Yes, that's what he always does. And you as a professor, you tell to drag goods. <laughs> Praise God. You, you, you will be like, ah, what does this, how, how can I be doing this? At your level of intellectual proficiency, he will tell you to do something silly, something that doesn't make sense. Because you have to pay the sacrifice of foolishness to receive the gift of wisdom. Because at this level, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So wisdom at its peak is foolishness in God's economy. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. You see your calling. Not many of you were wise. You didn't bring intelligence to the table. You had nothing. That was why I elevated you. You were foolish enough to believe a certain gospel of a cross and a Jesus dying over 2,000 years ago. And you believed it. Are you a fool? Oh, well, it's okay. It's totally fine. Because that's the only way I can get into the atmosphere of wisdom in this house. Praise God. Not many mighty, not many noble. He says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world. The foolish things of this world to confound the wise. <laughs> he has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. I, I think the concept of disruption is scriptural. Because <laughs> that's how disruption works. Big, massive, conglomerates, monopolistic cabals disrupted by some guy in a garage. That's how it works. The, the, the foolish things of this world. So he's building something. Where is he? Garage in his mother's house. He cannot even pay his rent. And you're, wait, and you're bringing it to me. I'm the CEO of this multinational. We've been trading at billions level for the past 10 years. And you're telling me a guy in a garage is what will usurp my authority and my market dominance in this industry. Come on, get out of here. Like, what are you saying? Uh, pay attention to him. <laughs> it's the foolish things of this world. He uses it to confound the wise. He uses the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. He says, and he says the things that are base, things that are despised, even goes as far as saying the things that are not, the things that don't even exist. He says he uses it to bring to naught the things that are. Why is he doing all of this? So that no flesh will glory in his presence. This is how miracles happen. If your contribution is too much, it won't result in a miracle. Because you will be able to give credit to your contribution at the end of the day. So it says you must contribute nothing but foolishness, weakness, and inability. So that everything you receive will be a function of my grace and my goodness over you. So that no flesh will glory in his presence. 
says, but of him are ye in Christ, who of God has made unto us wisdom. He's our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He's our sanctification. He's our redemption. Past is written, let him that glory. Let him glory in the Lord. <laughs> powerful, powerful, powerful. So the next time you're about to lean on your understanding, know that you're leaning on foolishness in God's definition. Do you understand? The next time you're about to lean on your own wisdom and understanding, you are leaning on something that cannot sustain. Lean on God's foolishness. It is wiser than all your wisdom combined. If you will pay the sacrifice of foolishness, God will give you the gift of wisdom. And that's why he says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Ask and he will give unto you. But it may not sound like wisdom initially. Fill the water pot with water. This is water they use in washing feet. What are you saying? It's not even hygienic. <laughs> it's foolishness. It doesn't make sense. Praise God. So this year, prepare to be foolish. Tell your neighbor. <laughs> because when you hear something like the songs of Zion, you're like, well, what, what? give me something that will millet it, 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 you know, that will break the earth. You know, but you say, by just singing, weapons of war. Ayah. Singing, weapons of war. It's the foolishness of God. It's the foolishness of God. And Zion is regulated by two things. Regulated by light, regulated by sound. Zion is regulated by light and by sound. And I think we've done a lot of, you know, exigencies on the light bit. You need to go listen to the teaching, photobomb, listen to iSalve, and then you get proper perspective on how to govern your affairs by the light that comes from Zion. Because in Zion, you are not limited by the light that comes from the sun. The God himself will become your everlasting light. And this year, we're going to be maximizing the power of sound. The power of sound. Never be silent. Never be silent. Never, never. Don't try it. The devil will try to cage you. Listen, that we have said this is the year of the songs of Zion does not mean things will just be smooth. Babylon will show up. Babylon means captivity. Huh? Anytime you are in a situation that you cannot seem to help, you can't control the outcomes. You, you, are, you are sort of confused. You are caged. You are limited. You, you are not free. Because wherever the spirit of God is, there is liberty. And so one of the finest expressions of liberty, even in a bad situation that looks like you have been caged, is to sing. Because when you sing, you are expressing the liberty of the spirit. You are expressing the liberty of the spirit. The Bible talks about how that, be not drunk with wherever in his excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. So when you sing, you are releasing a perfume in the realm of the spirit. You are releasing a certain type of liberty. You are giving instructions to angels. So there were some people that were caught in Babylon in a situation that they obviously did not want. And the soldiers that captured them now began to mock them. What is wrong with you guys? And they started mocking them, started mocking them. And they said, oh, we hear about your songs, by the way. All right, sing unto us a song in Zion. 
Sing unto us a song and they started laughing. Sing unto us. Sing now. What happened to your song? What happened to your voice? Have you lost your voice now? Well, see, see them. They cannot even sing again. I see their house. They've hung it on the willows. What is wrong with them? I sing now. Remember the way they were, you know, uh, mocking Jesus. You know, that's how the world mocks you when you say, you know, I'm for Christ. When you say, you know what, there's still, there's still honor and power and virginity. Uh, you see, I love Jesus. I want to go to church and serve him. They'll look at you and say, what is wrong with this one? <laughs> is this how your mates are behaving in 2023? It's okay to be foolish on their terms. It's okay. But you see, what happened in Psalms 137 was that the Jews did not understand the protocol of Zion. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand it. I'll show it to you. Psalms 137. This thing is prophetic. You can't explain it to. Don't go and be explaining how it happens. It's not your business. You just receive that instruction and get into action. Psalms 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Hey. Oh no. You don't sit down in Zion. There we sat down. Yeah, we wept. When we remember, which, which Zion did you remember? Which Zion exactly did you remember that made you weep? And how are you remembering this Zion? It says, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, they that carried us away. They said, they carried us captive, required of us a song. And they, they that wasted us, required of us mirth, rejoicing getting excited they said sing sing unto us one of the songs of Zion ha! and and their response is underwhelming their response is very underwhelming they said how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land ah that's the best place to sing it ah how shall we sing so in their minds the songs of Zion were just a territorial token of amusement. So you sing when things are good. And when things become strange, you stop singing. So that when they get you back to good, then you start singing. No! It's in the strange land you sing. The songs of Zion. The Lord was setting them up for a release. The Lord was setting them up for a breakthrough. The Lord was setting them up for a prison break. But they didn't get the memo. The Lord entered into some of these mockers and was telling them to ask them to sing. This is your pathway to victory. Yet you looked at your, your key, your access, your breakthrough, and you despise it and say, what will a song do for me now? Ah! That is the best time to sing. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a prison? Did Paul respond like that? Why should we sing the Lord's song in the grave? Did Jesus respond like that? Why should we sing the Lord's song when I have an extra year? Is that how you respond? How shall I sing the Lord's song when I just lost my job? How should I sing the Lord's song when I just lost my child? Why should I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The songs of Zion are not territorial. They are eternal. Anywhere you show up and you sing the Lord's song, the Lord of Zion shows up. He shows up. And they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And 
And then they began to say things. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. And all those things. And I'm like, come on. You just missed your victory. Remember when Jesus cried over Jerusalem? He said, if, if you saw the day of your visitation, it was coming, it was right in front of you. I am the fullest expression of your breakthrough. But you did not receive me as king. You didn't receive me. And he cried and wept over Jerusalem. And that's how sometimes God weeps over people. He will send them deliverance. And they will toss it away and say, well, what is a song? Instead of you to tune your harps, tune your harps, Go oil that string. Go repair that trumpet and that sax. Instead of you to carry that hand and jam them together if you cannot play an instrument. And then play your sound in the heavens. And let God visit you, the mighty man of war. You're dialoguing with mockers and saying, how shall I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? There's no better place to sing the Lord's song. Amen. Amen. So this year, Babylon will show up, guys. Confusing situations will show up. Difficult situations will show up. You may not be able to explain it. They will show up. What will you do in that moment? You just sing. It's the most foolish thing you can find. And it's, it's, the resources required to do it are very much available. You just need to break the barrier of wisdom in your head. Because it's only your rationality that will stop you from singing in that moment. Like, why would, why would I sing right now? I, I'm in debt. I'm in a mess. What do you mean I should sing? Well, that's your breakthrough, guys. That's what God wants. That's the first and only thing God wants you to do right now. Sing unto me a new song. Even the mockers knew that there was something called the songs of Zion. But the people who could do it, they ignored it. They felt, we don't sing in strange lands. That's exactly what you should do. That's what the songs are meant for. To break the bars of iron. Ah! <clears throat> let's go to Psalms. <laughs> or rather, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter... Is it 35 or 10 now? Oh, glory to Jesus. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. So you'd understand. He says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return. Now, before this, you, you find it in verse 3, chapter 35. He says, Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. This is how God strengthens you. It is with joy, with gladness, with singing. It says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. And so verse 10, after all of that, all the things that God will do, it says, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs. You can activate Zion with a song. Because Zion is a parallel universe of provision, health, safety, protection, and everything you've ever dreamt of in your life. That is what Zion represents. It's a parallel universe. It does not look like Nigeria, but you can activate it in Nigeria. It does not look like any part of the world that you've ever been to. Any part of the world you've ever been to that looks like, wow, the highest expression of civilization is an insult to Zion. Do you see? 
Because there's nowhere on earth where their street is made of gold. There's nowhere on earth. Streets. So he chose the most precious metal on earth and then he commonizes it in Zion. That's what God does. <laughs> That's Zion. Perpetual season of abundance. But you see, your condition many times will look like Babylon. A cage. Captivity. A situation that boxes you in. That makes it limited for you to move and express the liberty of the spirit. But if you can catch a sniff of Zion and just sing unto the Lord, even while you are barren, boy, Zion will break out in that moment. That's how you activate Zion, with light and with sound. So, your, your challenge should not be Nigeria. Stop saying things like, Nigeria happened to me. Nigeria has happened to him. <laughs> As if Zion is limited by time, geography, distance, Zion, Remember how Peter was delivered. Do you know how many things he broke through to be delivered? There was a gate that kept him. Then there was a court. Then there was a city gate just to keep Peter bound. And he broke through all of them. They were just opening of their own accord. There was an angel on assignment. Just opening every. It doesn't matter if there are 20 doors, 20 gates. They will open. If you live perpetually in Zion. There is peace in Zion. How can they want to execute you the next day and you find time, space to sleep? And guess what? You're not the first. So it's like, uh, no, he's just bluffing. They just killed James. You are aware. This guy is not bluffing. In fact, he's more eager to kill you than he killed James. He didn't know that I was going to please the Jews so much. He just killed him out of experiment. Ah, let's see. And then he didn't please the Jews. He said, ah, let me now get there. You know, they are chieftain. Let me get him and kill him so that they'll be even more excited. And then he got you. And somehow you slept. How did you find it? If there is no, if there is no God consciousness in your spirit, man, that is governing your attitude and your... Your perspective in situations and circumstances. How are you able to sleep when you are aware that tomorrow they will just arraign you and then wear the clothes on you and tell you to come to the firing squad and just going to blow off your head the next day and you found time to sleep. You didn't send any memo out. You didn't tell anybody to come save you. You didn't try to organize your exit. You didn't try to get it. You just slept. And it was the angel that even woke you up. I said, that's enough sleep. It's time to leave now. Prison. And the Romans are not jokers when it comes to punishments and corporal punishments. And they don't, they are not jokers. They even kill their own if they, if they misbehave. If you slept on duty, they will make a fire with your clothes and kill you in it. If you were a soldier that slept on duty. He was not, these guys don't joke about anything. And so for them to have kept Peter locked, he was going to stay locked. Except by the intervention of something that the earth cannot understand. And these are the forces that are available to you. These are the things that are available to you this year. It doesn't matter what Nigeria does. It doesn't matter what anything, any system tries to cage you in and calls itself Babylon. And then he now makes a mistake and says, sing now. Oh yeah, be singing now. Oh yeah, get excited. Oh yeah, be rejoicing and be glad. You say, hey, are you serious about that? You really want to see what will happen? Look at what Psalms 8 verse 2 says. <laughs> you see, what you are mocking is my weapon of war right Psalms 8 verse 2 
it says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Remember, it says, strengthen the hands that hang down on the feeble knees. It says, because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. But then there is a New Testament reading to that. All right? It's in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 16. So that you see what that strength there means. Are you with me, guys? Matthew 21, verse 16. Because I quoted it yesterday and, you know, it's, in, it's important that you see these things. Matthew 21, 16. Bible says, and he said unto them, hearest what these say? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. That means you need to get to a level of foolishness. Imagine me behaving like Tiao, for example, now. It is out of the mouth of that foolish state and posture that praise is perfected. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Because the mature will not praise perfectly. The man that has too much wisdom and understanding will not really praise. He would assume that Abba, I have it all figured out. Why should I be singing? I just need to make a call. I just need just a phone call away. My friend is, you know, the, the highest ranking officer in the Sanhedrin Council. I can talk to him and he'll get me out of here. And the mature will lean on his own understanding. He says, you have to be a babe. You have to be a suckling. In fact, he said suckling. That is, the one who is still sucking breast from his mother. That is the one whose wisdom you have to assume. He said, it is in that posture of foolishness. That praise is perfected. And he says that type of praise is a weapon of war. He says it steals the enemy. Wow. And the avenger. Anybody coming to kill you. Oh boy. Trying to stop you. Trying to maim you. Trying to amputate you. Trying to get you into an accident. They failed. In fact, you can send a memo to all of them to come at the same time. So you can just give them one response and then they'll go back. So, so that you don't have to stress again. All right. They can come all at the same time and all they will meet you doing is singing for joy and getting excited. And while you're doing all of those things, they're falling like bags of rice. Even though it's expensive now. How would Jehoshaphat put singers in front? Makes no sense. You've got to assume the wisdom of a babe and a suckling. Why should you wake up in the morning and lift up your hands and sing unto the Lord a new song? It may not make sense. You may never have heard it before. It's not until Maverick see, sing it that it's sweet. You can sing it and it's still sweet in the corridors of heaven. Say, ah, Beckoners must do this song. They don't have to do it. Sing it like that. As you're doing that song, the Lord is dancing. He's tapping his feet. He's getting excited. And remember, the earth is his footstool. So if he taps the feet, at quick, just like that. Things are happening. Breakthroughs. Chains are breaking. Because the Lord is doing a tap dance because you sang unto him a new song. He said they will come back, Psalms 35, I mean Isaiah 35. This thing is not a joke. We are not supposed to be wise. We are supposed to be foolish. Huh? How? Not many were wise after the flesh. If God can establish wisdom after the flesh, you are no longer a quality material for him to use. You are not supposed to be. Not many were wise after the flesh. It's not like you won't go to school, you won't be smart, but you will not lean on it. You will still ask for an instruction, even when what to do is glaring. You say, God, what should I do? Because what may seem glaring may not be the path of wisdom. So what do I do? Should I pursue? Ah, but this guy's in front of you. Pursue him now. They just took your wives and your children. What kind of question? Pursue! 
He said, no, do I pursue? And he says, pursue. And you go at the instance of the word and you recover everything. That's how you move in 2023. So this business makes sense. There's, there's, I don't need to ask God again. Now. This thing doesn't make sense. See the prophet margin now. Like, Abba. And you ask God again, do I pursue? And he says, leave this one. There's a bigger one coming. Ah, opportunity, opportunity. He will say, go now if you want to go. Right? But you see, for you to obey him in that moment, you have assumed the posture of a babe and a suckling. And you have given him praise. It's called the sacrifice of praise. Because it's a sacrifice of foolishness. It's a sacrifice of praise. He says he steals the enemy. Everything the devil wants to do, he just disarms him. He just disarms him. Because the moment you put the singers in front and your weapons are war at the back, you put the singers in front, you prioritize praise and worship in your life. Everything you see at the battlefield, you see the people that were coming against you, they will start fighting themselves and you will go there and there will be no man there to even resist you and you will just carry the spoils, still singing, still singing. Isaiah 35, as we begin to round off this morning, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Shadow of things to come, have you? <laughs> Bible says, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs. That's the posture to come to Zion with. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and his courts with praise. I will say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. So every time you get into depression, complaining, nagging, offended, you know, unforgiving, and you are, you are, you're just... You're jealous of people. You're keeping malice. This is 2023. You'll be a year older this year. Don't still be keeping malice. Bible says, with regards to malice, be as children. Eh? Don't be keeping malice. You're keeping it. I don't get it. I will not talk to this person. Uh, <laughs> stop it. Praise God. Because how you enter into Zion is with songs. You activate Zion with songs. You activate Zion with songs. All right? With laughter, with joy. Praise God. Everything you see in Zion in scripture, yes, the fullest expression of them will be after we go to be with the Lord. But we can have a foretaste here on earth. Praise the name of the Lord. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. You will carry it upon your head. Why are you always excited? Yes, it's the joy of the Lord that is my strength. That's how I strengthen my feeble knees. When I've been through a very tough year, tough day, tough week, tough month, my boss is not smiling, things are, are tough, stressing me out, you refresh by the rivers and you begin to, it's the rivers of Siloam this time and you get into that joy, you get into that praise, into that attitude. And Bible says they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So this year, avoid sighing. Don't wake up and be sighing. The first thing you do is to sigh. I said, I've woken up again. What kind of a miserable life is this one, Seth? I thought I would just be sleeping and just be living a soft life. You give thanks. No matter how you wake up feeling, you give thanks. You rejoice. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. And be glad. Isaiah chapter 42. You can't pay me to be sad this year. Say, I will pay you two million dollars. Don't smile. Don't be happy. Just be disgruntled. I won't collect. I know some people, if they give you that one. <laughs> Say, how, how squeezed do you want my face to be? <laughs> you will pay me to be unhappy? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Can you help me turn off that fan? Look at
at what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 42 from verse 10. It says, Sing unto the Lord a new song, and he prays from the ends of the earth. He that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them the shout from the top of the mountains. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord. Shouting is part of this package. You can't be averse to shout. Hey, these guys, you shout too much. What's all this? You get into the floor, you shout too. Ah, you shout. That's how you get into Zion. You scream. You know, you, you, you just act like a child, like a babe. Thank you. Right? Let the inhabitants of the rock sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountain. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. Let the Lord, he says, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. These are the things that trigger the Lord. He says, once you begin to shout, you're not waiting for the circumstance to change. But right in Babylon, they think they were mocking you, but they didn't know that they were inviting themselves into a weapon of war. And he says, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. The moment you begin to sing, God adopts your enemies. Did you hear that? He adopts them. They were your enemies until you started singing. The moment you started singing, he adopts them as his own enemies. And he begins to fight for you. And Exodus 14, 14 tells us something very profound. He said, I will fight for you and you will hold your peace. But what triggered that him fighting for you is you singing songs of praise and shouting from the top of the mountain. He says, the Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Wow. You know, most of the time, what you see in the book of Exodus, what you see written by Moses and the children of Israel, especially after a mighty battle was won or a mighty miracle was wrought, what you find there are songs. It is not that we read them as narratives. Most of them were songs of Moses. They were songs. Sometimes you have a testimony, sing it. Write it down and sing it. It doesn't need to align with what MD would approve. I say, ah, this one, the key is not, put the key Q there. Put Z key there. It doesn't have to align. Just sing it unto the Lord. It's powerful. It's foolish, but strength. Let's look at one more scripture in Habakkuk chapter 3. Because listen, everything I've said today will come to test you this year. There will be seasons in this year that will look like what is going on now. Why, why, is, why is there no food in the stall? Habakkuk chapter 3 tells you how to behave in such a moment. Habakkuk is right after uh -huh. praise the name of the Lord. Look at this. This, this is so powerful. <sighs> Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. Bible says, although the fig tree shall not blossom. So if you stopped serving God, stopped rejoicing because something was not happening in your life, it's because you did not activate this protocol. In fact, that the fig tree is not blossoming is an invitation. It's an invitation. It's like, ah, oh, you've not sang in a while. Can you start singing now? So it's, a, it's an invitation. Don't get, don't get offended at God. No. No, stop it. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vines. The labor of the holy shall fail. That means sometimes just to get you to praise, God can stop and halt everything around you. Just to get your attention so that you can praise. 
It says, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no, no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Look at all that. Play. So the fig, let's assume that's your bank account. Let's assume you have about five accounts in that sense. The fig, the vine, the olive, the field, the flock, the stalls. Six, six streams. When they say, you know, have multiple streams of income, and then God closes all the streams. None of the stream is streaming. None. Nothing is happening around you. And you're wondering why. It's an invitation. So this one defies the law of having multiple streams of income. In case this one does not want, six of them dry. Nothing. You went to the fig tree, it didn't have anything. The fruit, it did not come from the vine. The olive did not produce. The field did not have meat. The flock did eat nothing. Nothing in the flock. The herd, there, no, there was no animal there. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. He says, the Lord God is my strength. He said, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. Every time you see joy, gladness, you see strength, very closely connected. Strength. He will make your feet like hinds feet. He will strengthen you. Sometimes you want to call someone to speak to you so you can be strengthened and that's fine. You can receive encouragement by yourself when you begin to draw from the rivers of living water and you begin to draw bible says we joy with what we draw from our wells of salvation what you are drawing from the wells of salvation is strength the joy of the lord is your strength yeah. that's what you are drawing from the wells of salvation you're drawing strength he says it will make my feet like hinds feet you're no longer going to have chicken legs you're not going to have hinds feet that's when your mentality is strengthening how can you say you are strong when you're not, you've not been through adversity how what, on what premise are you saying and assuming strength? Because strength is, is against parameters of resistance. If a man cannot carry a certain kg of load, we can't say that man is strong. You've got to conquer that load. It's resistance, affliction sometimes that strengthens you mentally. Because if you've survived that, there's nothing you can survive. At least at that level of resistance. Praise the name of the Lord. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and join the God of my salvation. For the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon my high places to the chief singer of the stringed instrument. So this is a year you want to go and learn how to play an instrument. Because <laughs> by all means, we have got to be Davidic this year. By all means. By all means. However, you can be like David. Even if it's harmonica, <laughs> just learn something. Shekere is there, you get. Just be shaking it. Pastor Peace has been in Zion for the past many years. <laughs> just shaking it. It's not something that has to be very elaborate or complex. Just go learn something that you can use to make a sound. Those things are powerful. They are vibrations of victory. You vibe victory. Ha, glory to God. Hallelujah. And that's how we win this year. That's how we win this year. That's how we win. It's with the songs of Zion. So when the fig tree does not blossom and there's no fruit in the vine and the labor of the olive is going down and the flock is not producing and the herds, there's nothing in the stalls and nothing is working. That is an invitation to sing. So the next time something happens, you hear news, bad news, or you get a query or you get sacked or something happens or you are scammed, <laughs> just sing. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Father, we give you praise. So this, this is a call, an invitation to join this army this year. We're not going to be part of those that will complain and nag. 
everyone who complained and nagged in the wilderness died in the wilderness. Because such an atmosphere cannot be found in Zion. You, you, you can't enter into the promised land with a bag full of complaints and naggings and all those things. No, no, no. You have to drop them in the wilderness. And if you will not drop them, you and the bag will drop in the wilderness. Because nothing of such is entering into this promised land. But for those who would always rejoice and get excited, their strength is renewed. Joshua stayed as strong for 40 years. That was because he never left Zion. By light and by sound. That's how we rule this year. The next time you are forced to curse, to, to make a statement that is ill-advised, to say things that you shouldn't be saying, convert it to a song and sing songs of praise and rejoice unto the Lord and shout, shout out the anger and frustration, shout it out and give the Lord a praise. It's called the sacrifice of praise. That means many times praising will be a sacrifice. Telling you. He says, let us offer therefore the sacrifice of praise unto God continually. He says, it is the fruit of our lips. That means, listen, your mouth is producing fruits and there cannot be fruit without seeds. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you say things that you do not mean, that does not come from a deep place in your heart, you are just saying words, it's not yet a fruit. That means it must be slaughtered somewhere in your heart. That in spite of what is going on in your environment, you are going to sow a seed in your heart. And that seed is thoughtfulness. By the time it's coming to your mouth, it has become a fruit and then you release it unto God. It's called the sacrifice of praise and the fruit of our lips. So every time you praise God, a sacrifice must have happened. That is, other people experiencing the same thing you're experiencing will rather not praise. Because they would assume they're the only ones going through that stuff. But you will say, no, no, no. I will slaughter this one and I will give it as a sacrifice of praise. And I will give up the fruit of my lips. Let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise unto God continually, which is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks unto his name. God has been faithful to you. And boy, he's about to overwhelm you this year. He's about to overwhelm you. If you would align with these instructions, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We receive this instruction by faith. And we step into the supernatural. We step into the miraculous. We don't have to understand everything. We just need to have our weapon of war with us. We are always going to put the singers in front. We're going for a project meeting. We'll put the singers in front. We're going for a, whatever it is, an interview, we'll put the singers in front. Whatever project, goal, mission, vision, objective we have, we want to start this business, we'll put the singers in front. Our singers will not be the last thing in our list. Our singers will always be in front by the grace of God. And every time I'm trying to move ahead of myself and lean on my own understanding, remind me to be a babe and a suckling again and raise a sound of praise unto you. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. We ask that you govern our lives by the atmosphere of Zion this year in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. There's someone here, lady, a lot of things that I've said today minister to you in a very different way. If they asked you, you know, you know, what was the main thing from what you heard in service, you would almost be saying or sharing a story that is not so much in alignment with what I've said because you have a lot of contexts you could relate it with. So you're likely going to start saying all the things going on in your life and how things are not making sense, things are not adding up, and things don't seem to make sense. God is asking you to sing. He's not asking you to do anything more than that. He's not asking you to write a letter. He's not asking you to go and see someone. He's not asking you to do something super normal. He's just asking you to sing. Anyone can sing. Just make a sound. Just make a sound of victory. Like it makes no sense. But that's how God confounds the, the wise. That's how he confounds the mighty. 
he wants you to do that foolish thing of praising him that seemingly unreasonable thing it says for you to sing and before the end of this week you will see a miracle that's the encouragement of the father this morning to you don't be discouraged don't be heartbroken the chains of depression are broken in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus it is well with you and your family this year but don't stop singing don't stop rejoicing don't stop shouting don't stop giving me giving him a praise in spite of the contradiction of the environment always give the Lord a praise a shout and rejoice let your heart be glad let your heart always be glad that's the way we conquer this year that's the way we conquer this year if you're that lady and you'd like to see me after service please go ahead and see me after service and um, we could share a bit more thereafter father we give you praise we give you praise and I was very serious when I said if you're here and you're connecting with people who obviously are ashamed of Christ or of God or of you whenever you get into praising whenever you get into almost irrational thanksgiving and rejoicing when everybody's moody everybody's sad Nigeria quote-unquote is happening to everyone around you and they expect you to align and then at hunger and famine and depression you you are laughing rejoicing and they are angry they're like you are being insensitive it's okay to be insensitive if it means committing to Zion's and its atmosphere and so if there are, there are people around you that you are not supposed to be around because of how they respond to praises and thanksgiving, write their names down and commit to disconnecting with them or disconnecting from them. Commit to that because they can stall your breakthrough. They can stall the blessing God is bringing your way. These are instructions you don't take for granted. These are instructions you don't take for granted. This year you can have a playlist and you can even have a playlist of your own recorded songs. In the mornings, the songs God has given you, have a playlist of them and just sing it back unto him every other time. You can write unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto him melodies of praise. These are the instructions you must take into the year 2023. That this year, no day will go by without me singing. I will sing. Every day I will sing. Make that commitment. I will sing unto the Lord. A new, it doesn't have to be a new song, but it has to come from a fresh heart of thanksgiving, thoughtfulness. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We thank you. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' precious name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we rejoice this morning? Hallelujah. <laughs> what God will do this year? Oh, boy. It's going to be really massive. And we're so grateful for what he's doing in advance. Let's give our offerings and our tithe. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.